Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. Uh, praise God. You know, it's, it's, it's right to celebrate. It's right to celebrate. I think churches, churches don't do a great job of celebrating. Churches don't... It, the, 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 the preaching on the prodigal son usually stops with the, the three things, the new robe, the ring on his finger, and the sandals on his feet. But the fourth element was the father said, slaughter the fatted calf. And it doesn't say that the, the, the older brother was ticked off with the, the robe, the ring, or the sandals. But when he heard the celebrating, he refused to go in. He says, this son of yours squandered all your wealth with harlots and, and now you're thrown apart. It's, it's, so we, we, we the, the Bible's so beautiful. Always look into the scripture. Look into the scripture and then look out into the world. Don't look from the world into the scripture. Look from the scripture into the world because it, it gives you the, the greatest context. And unfortunately, sometimes you've got to look at the, the religious world. And uh, so it's right to celebrate. It's right to celebrate. Right now, uh, in both Australia and New Zealand, many of the, the big and influential churches are uh, under, under some heavy scrutiny. And I have thoughts on that, but I'm not going to share them now. But, uh, but it literally, literally came down to how they treated people, how they treated people. And both of those, both of the big ones uh, adopted a, a mentality that now that you're saved, it's not about you. It's about the lost, which is a great way to drive and control people. It's a great way to drive and control people, but it's not, it's not biblical. It's not accurate. But, you know, it was about me before I got saved, apparently. But I've got to tell you, since I got saved, if I was honest with you, I kind of feel like, it's a little awkward. I kind of feel like God has like this obsession with me. <laughs> like he just keeps turning up, doing great things, blessing me beyond anything that I deserve. Is there whenever I call upon his name, whenever I draw near to him, he's already drawing near to me. Like he's anticipating me drawing near to him. It blesses me like just so it never stops being about about you. One of the most dangerous paradigms in the kingdom is just because we have a culture of volunteering and serving means that we treat people as though they're subservient. That, that, we, that we treat people like they're commodities, that they're a means to an end. When that happens, you're not in the spirit of God. You're in a wrong spirit. You're in a wrong spirit. And that doesn't mean that we don't challenge. That doesn't mean we don't rebuke. That doesn't mean we don't disciple. So uh, I say all of that to set up the, the title of my message this morning is Heavenly Instructions for Our Time. Heavenly Instructions for Our Time. And I want you to come with me to the book of Judges. I'm not sure how many, and there's no judgment here whatsoever, um, but I'm not sure how many are still in the, the daily Bible reading. God bless you if you are. That's awesome. Uh, 
you've probably noticed that I, because I, I'd already bought my wide margin NLT version. So when Pastor Samuel announced that we were doing, I'm like, ah, oh, I... So, but my beautiful Leanne, she has the one-year Bible that's the Awaken Bible, but I'm doing mine because I like writing in the margins. It's, it's awesome. So, so just get ready. It's going gonna, gonna to tweak a few of us this morning, but we need a good tweaking. We need a little good tweaking. This, this, <laughs> oh, my gosh, you don't know what you're asking. Oh, dear Jesus. But anyway, this, this, this message, uh, if we're not sending these out, podcasting these on the leadership, Jürgen, whatever it is, leadership, this one needs to go out on that. So come with me. Judges chapter 2, verse 10. Judges 2, verse 10. Uh, after that generation died, after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord and they served the images of Baal. They served the images of Baal. Doesn't say they serve Baal, they serve the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshipping the gods of the people around them. And they angered the Lord. They abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and the images of Ashtoreth. This made the Lord burn with anger against Israel. So he handed them over to raiders who stole their possessions. He turned them over to their enemies all around. And they were no longer able to resist them. Every time Israel went out to battle, the Lord fought against them, causing them to be defeated just as he had warned. And the people were in great distress. Verse 16. Then the Lord raised up, then the Lord raised up judges to rescue the Israelites from their attackers. Yet Israel did not listen to the judges, but prostituted themselves by worshiping other gods. God raised up judges. Did Israel listen to the judges? No, but God raised them up. God raised them up. People weren't listening to them, but God raised them up because their heart was already away from God. So you know what we don't do? We don't lower the bar. We don't lower the bar down to the lowest common denominator. Hey, we might offend these people. If we stay with our virtue, why, 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 would I lo why would I stop? How quickly they turned away from their, the path of their ancestors who had walked in obedience to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge over Israel, he was with that judge. And this is, this is exciting and scary all at the same time. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge over Israel, he was with that judge and rescued the people from their enemies throughout the judge's lifetime. For the Lord took pity upon his people who were burdened by oppression and suffering. But when that judge died, the people returned to their corrupt ways, behaving worse than those who had lived before them. I don't want to be a judge to our generation. And then when I go, awaken and everything we've built, everything we've labored, everything we've warfared turns to custard because people's hearts drift back. 
they went after other gods, serving and worshiping them, and they refused to give up their evil practices and their stubborn ways. So the Lord burned with anger against Israel. He said, because these people have violated my covenant, which I have made with their ancestors, have ignored my commands. I will no longer drive out the nations that Joshua left unconquered when he died. I did this to test Israel to see whether or not they would follow the ways of the Lord as their ancestors did. That's why the Lord left those nations in place. He did not quickly drive them out or allow them to conquer all. And then the next chapter, chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, talks about how God left those nations so that the generations coming after Joshua might be taught to know warfare. So let me, let me give you some thoughts this morning. Uh, the, the, the first... The first thought this morning is in, in verse 10, it says there was another generation who arose who did not know the Lord or remember the mighty ways. The first point this morning is that God is a generational God. Whenever God reveals himself, he reveals himself as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He reveals himself as a generational God. The reason that, that we are not a soul's church in the sense the purest sense, and, and Pastor Alex, was, it was just touched my heart this morning when he said, hey, now the thousand people said, now our work begins. So beautiful, Pastor Alex. Thank you. Because we're a discipleship-making church, because we recognize from Scripture that there are so many shooting star churches that were here blazing through the sky. Everyone, ooh, ah, and then burn out and gone tomorrow. We don't want to be that. We, 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 we understand that our job is to disciple and empower the next generation. We, we ought to be imparting to them, but we ought to impart to them not just, not just a worship of the Lord, but to, to tell them the mighty things that the Bible says they forgot the Lord and the mighty things that he had done. We need to make sure that our testimonies are forefront. Our testimonies need to permeate um, our website. You know, it, it almost should be that our advertisements and whatever events are coming up is interrupted. We bring you this interruption. Another miracle took place over here. Like we, we, we need to literally have God is a God that puts babies in barren wombs. God is a God who brings breakthrough territory, breakthrough possessions, breakthrough houses, supernaturally cancels debt, completely destroys and dissolves tumors and cancers and, and reverses curses and breaks curses and casts out demons. We, we, we need to make sure that the generation coming up under us knows not just the Lord, but the mighty acts that God does. Mighty acts that God does. So it's very important that, that, that we are a generationally minded church. That we're a generationally minded church. So I say all of that to say this, that... Uh, the way you raise your children. If I was tweaked about anything in our church, it's, it's, it's this area. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child when they're young in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. May I say that you're always training your children. You're never not training them. In Genesis 1, the first act of God after let there be light is God separates the waters above from the waters beneath. He separates the waters above from the waters beneath. The waters above are called the Shemaim, the sky waters or heaven. 
and the waters beneath is gathered into the seas. They are both H2O. They're both water. The culture that we say that we're not like, the culture we constantly hear, oh, Oprah, my daughter, she's like my best friend, like we're BFF, like we, we do everything together, we go shopping together, like we, we, we wear each other's shoes and clothes, she's my be, and, 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 and while that may be a wonderful thing, it's, it's, it's not your primary objective. Your primary objective is for you to be the adult and they're the child. When I was raised, and I was raised in dysfunction, but there was enough, there was enough uh, elements of the revival that swept through Germany. In Germany, where, where I grew up, one of the first pushbacks I got was because I started tithing. And so my, my parents got German friends who went to a Lutheran church to come and tell me I don't need to tithe. It's automatically taken out in my taxes. Because in Germany... The whole place was saved, so they said, hey, listen, why don't we just automatically deduct the tithe from and make it part of the, the tax because it was so, so... So we were taught that when we walked into the room that we made eye contact with the adult. We never called an adult by their first name. And we greeted the adult. If I didn't say hello to the adults in the room, I got clipped over the years. It's, it's called waters above, waters beneath. The waters beneath are dependent upon the waters above. You cannot drink the ocean water. The waters beneath are dependent upon the waters above. Our children are dependent on adults. In the waters above, the waters above the heavens, the sky, is where authority rests. God lives in the heavens. Heaven is my home. The earth is my footstool. When, when you think you're so woke teaching your children that, hey, they can just interact and they are on par with parents, you are not helping your children. You are actually messing your children up because if they do not respect, if they do not respect the God who appointed authority in the adult, they will soon, when they become an adult, no longer respect the God who appoints authority. They will not respect the authority of the God who appoints and you trained them that way. If your children, if your children, if you say, hey, say hello to such and such and they don't, let me tell you, you are jacking up your kids. I've seen kids slapping their parents because the parents is not paying attention and there's no discipline. If you do not teach that there is a distinction between the waters above and the waters beneath, you are training your child to fail. And let me just say, this is not Miss Shauna and Mr. Andre's job. Well, you know, that's their job in kids' church. No, 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 no. Training begins in the home. It begins with the parents. It begins with you teaching your children. I was not allowed to call anybody by their first name. It was Mr. Heinrichs, Mr. Sullivan. You teach your children. One of the things that I loved about Santa Fe Christian, now they've gone woke now, but, but when, when Ash was at Santa Fe Christian, all of his friends would come into my home. And we don't have an easy name. Hello, Mr. Matesius. Nice to meet you, Mr. Thank you so much for having us, Mr. Matesius. I was so impressed because I thought, wow, these kids are taught how to respect adults. This is so important because we, 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 live, we live in an age where there's, there's this universalism, this egalitarian, this pulling down. If you pull down, if you don't teach the distinction between the waters above and the waters beneath... We lose everything. 
I remember, I remember when Geordie was a little, a little kid, just, and he was maybe 18 months old, and we went to this beautiful family's house for dinner. And Geordie climbed up on the coffee table, and he's standing on the coffee table. And because he's my kid and he's my firstborn, um, Leanne says, hey, babe, you need to pull him off the coffee table. I'm like, oh, no, 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 surely, surely the owners of this home See how darn cute he is. Look at him. He climbed up by himself and he's standing on their coffee table. And I looked at the, 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 the couple whose house we were at for dinner thinking that they would agree with me. Like, he's so cute the way he's standing on a coffee table. One day he'll be so cute up there as, you know, shooting people from, you know. <laughs> and the, and the, I'll never forget. It was so, they agreed with Leanne. They said, well, actually, we prefer if he didn't climb up on our furniture. I realized then that what I thought was cute because he was mine needed correcting because it was a disrespecting of the house that we were in, the furniture, the, the, the work that they had, the, the preparation. It's, it's so important. Anyway, number two. Number two. Can you throw number two up? I forgot what I sent. I didn't write them down. Don't worship the gods of the land. Okay, have a look at verse 12 and verse 13. It says that they forsook the Lord and they began to worship the gods of the people around them. They began to worship the gods of the nations around them. That's in verses 12 and verses 13. They worship the gods of the people around them. If you said to me, hey, pastor, what, what has happened in the last 10 years in, in the church? I would say what happened is the church forsook the Lord and began to worship the gods of the land. CRT, CRT. Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Let's all post Black Lives Matter. Let's, let's march with LGBTQ. LG, we're going to put rainbow flags up. Same-sex marriage, same-sex marriage, you know, equality, marriage equality. You know, abortion, pro-choice, pro-choice. You know, we stand with women at their right to choose over their own bodies. Feminism, we're all feminists at heart. It, if, we, if we become like the world around about us, we have no power. We have no authority. What happens here is because they, become, they, they began to worship the, the gods of the land. If, the, if the, the values of the world are the same as the values of the church, can I tell you, don't blame the world. The church is jacked up. The church is messed up. We have no power. We have no authority over. So Psalm 24 verse 4 says this. It, it talks about who can ascend to the hill of the Lord. He has clean, clean hands, innocent heart, and does not lift up his heart to an idol. Does not lift up his heart. What, what, what is worshipped the gods of the land is they lifted up their heart. They made it a heart priority. When I began to see, because I remember, I remember Leanne saying to me, oh, babe, you know, Black Lives Matter. Oh, my gosh, it's chaos. I know that every four years that the Democrats wheel out racism. And they get air, they divide the nations that everything's crazy. And then they're like, yeah, this the Republicans doing all of this so that they get all the votes. And once they've got all the votes gathered in, they, they, they wheel it back in. Nothing changes. 
The, the, the black on black crime is still through the roof. The murder rates are still through the roof. The, the drug dealing and the drug is still through the roof. The incarceration is still through the roof. The, the, the ghettos and the poverty is still through the roof. They do nothing. But, but, you're, but you're a racist if you're not posting a black. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not posting a freaking black square. The Bible says, the Bible says, search me, O Lord. Search me, O Lord, and see if there's any wicked way within me. Proverbs 20, 27 says, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord searching the inner rooms of his heart. Let me tell you what I don't need. I don't need an independent counsel. I don't, you don't go to, to court before the unrighteous, the Bible says. Why, 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 would I, why would I let the wicked try to tell me that something's in my heart that isn't there? Last time I checked, the, the Lord keeps watch on the evil and the good. The Lord is the one who sees and discerns and understands. The Lord is the light. His word is a lamp. So I looked into my heart and I thought, and, and the Holy Spirit said, you, you, you know what it was like to be persecuted for being German, for being a migrant. You, 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 you were called Nazi and you were called Hitler and you were called all these names. You, you had no choice. So, so you know what that pain's like irrespective of the color of your skin or the, the melanin content, you know what it's like. And so you don't have anything that you need to repent of. You love people irrespective of geography, of background. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it. But then there were fools that, that felt like, oh, you know what? We can, we can actually win with our culture if we lift up our heart to their idols. I knew from the beginning Black Lives Matter did not care about black lives. They didn't care about black lives mattering. I knew it because I knew it was all for political gain. That's why they're all the money they raise, they're buying fat ass house, excuse me. They're buying big fat homes and mansions. Not one dime, not one dollar is going to, to helping kids with school and drugs and crime and kids growing up without a mum and dad. In the, no, no, one cent is going to that, but they're, they're all living high on the hog. And the LGBTQ, when, when we have the same, I, 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 got, I got persecuted because, anyway. Let's go to verse 16. Verse 16, the Lord raised up judges. The Lord raised up judges. I don't even know. What's the next point? I wrote them in my phone, but I didn't write them. God raises judges. There you go. God raises judges. All right. So when it says that God raises judges, God raises judges, you know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say that these judges sat on, on the, the court magistrates with, with woolen wigs. That's not the judges of the Bible. When we think of judges, oh, we think, you know, oh, okay, we need to look to the Supreme Court. That's not the judges. Jephthah was a judge. Shamgar was a judge. Ehud was a judge who, who was a left-handed man and stabbed the fat, fat king right in him. And his arm went, oh, gosh. <laughs> Samson was a judge. So the judges were warriors. Well, what is the definition of a judge then? Here's the definition of the judge. The judge, the judges that God raised up here were, were, were people, Deborah was a judge, were people that had a firm conviction of biblical 
right and wrong. They had a firm conviction of what the Bible says, what God said was right, what God said was wrong, what God said was truth. And then they went about overthrowing the wickedness. Now, the people didn't listen to them, just like, you know, 2020, 2021, we lost many of our friends. We even lost many people from our church in the beginning because of the stand. We had, I had no idea back then that God was raising us up to be a judge to our generation. I'm not saying that we sit on a throne and we're all... I'm saying that God has raised us up to be just like Shamgar, just like Jephthah, just like Samson, just like Deborah. Leanne prophesies Deborah because that Deborah anointing is, is, is on her. And so, so we, we began to call out the ish. We began to call out the lies. We began to call out the injustice. We began to call out the mistruths. We began to call out the BS behind the agendas. that They, they parade these agendas to, to stir people up emotionally, to heighten people's reactions but have no care or regard we don't need to replace the gospel the greatest cure for racism is still the gospel of Jesus Christ that when I kneel before the throne there's no discrimination before the throne it all have sinned it doesn't matter what your hair color your height your weight your geography your background which continent you were born in you could have been born in Africa and or you could have been born in Germany it is irrelevant all have sinned there is no no other way to the Father but through Jesus Christ. And if you bow your knee before the cross of Christ, you are born again. When you are born again, God changes your heart. And God changes your heart so that you love your brother rather than persecute your brother. If you operate, the Bible says, if you say, I love God, but you hate your brother, then you are a liar and the truth is not in you. And you need to recheck yourself because you're wrecking yourself because you are not born again. Because how can you say you love a God you can't see and, and, and you hate a brother you can see. That's just the Bible. So we don't need a critical race theory going through schools. We, we don't need, you know, all these, these books. that are. We, what, what we need is to get people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? And so I knew, I knew right there, but no, no, no. We got we to gotta come out with this and we got to do, no, we don't need to do any of that. We need to keep preaching the gospel. The gospel has been and continues to be the answer. It continues to be the number one transformational tool in in the world because God was smart. He knew what we needed. We didn't need a teacher. We needed a savior. We didn't need a guru. We needed a savior. We didn't need a, we needed a, Jesus Christ came to save souls. He came to seek and to save them that is lost. Everything we need is in the gospel. That's why he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Wherever the gospel is preached, peace reigns. Wherever the gospel is rejected, chaos reigns. Have a look at the freaking blue state cities and the blue states. Have a look. They reject the gospel and it's chaos. They reject the gospel and it's crime. They reject the gospel and it's murder. When they pulled the Ten Commandments out of our schools, in fact, it was very interesting. It was just it was within not even a decade later, the Colorado shooting, they used to have the Ten Commandments on the front as you walked into that school. And they stripped it down. Thou shalt not kill is one of the Ten Commandments. And all of a sudden, Dylan Kleibold and Eric Harris go in there on a shooting spree. Not even one decade earlier, the Ten Commandments was on the front lawns. No shootings. Do we really think... That removing God, removing His laws bring peace. It's God's laws that bring peace. It's the gospel that brings peace.
but you're a conspiracy theorist. Well, I call it prophetic, but knock yourself out. I don't expect you, worldly person, to have judgment, but you're right. You're, you're, every, every conspiracy theorist I have has come to pass. What's the difference between a conspiracy theorist and truth? About six months. These days, it's about three months. Okay, number three is you get what you war for or warfare required. What's number three? War. Oh, is it number four? Okay, thank you. War is essential. You get what you war for. Let's, let's have a look at, so chapter three, verse one to three says that God, God intentionally left some of the enemies, some of the, the, some of the enemies in the land so that the generation after Joshua might be taught to know war because that generation did not know warfare. This is so important because you, you get what you war for and then you keep what you war for. Yesterday, yesterday, the, the vote came down again that a woman is whatever. If someone just claims that they're a woman, they're a woman. So, you know, if Laddie claims to be a woman... He's a woman. He's no longer a dog. He's a woman. So whoever identifies as a woman, they're a woman. And, and I'm not sure if you saw, but the vote was three to two. Interesting. The vote's always three to two. The Let's make San Diego an uh, abortion sanctuary, three to two, three to two, the three to two. The reason it's three to two is because the three have been hand-selected, funded by Soros or Satan, whichever. I think they're interchangeable. They, they, they sit there and they will not make eye contact. Every single time the court, every single time the, the county house was, was packed with the citizenry and their voice saying, we don't agree with this bill, we don't agree. But the, the three are, are paid, they're wicked and they're corrupt. And so these laws pass. The reason the laws pass is because they have no regard for the will of the people. The great battle on planet Earth is the battle between the few elites and the majority of the people. Every single nation, every single civilization, every single empire over the years has had to deal with how do we distribute power? How do we govern with authority? How do we, and most of history is the few ruled over the many. The f it's an oligarch system. It's a, the few ruled over the many. But in America, the founding fathers said, no, no, we need to flip this on its head. We, we need to have the, the few that are in authority govern at the consent of the many. But the, these three do not care about the will of San Diego. They don't care about the will of the people. They're doing the bidding of the will of the globalist cabal. This is happening all over the world. So I need you to understand in Genesis 1.28, God blessed Adam or blessed man and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue. Subdue came before the fall. Subdue means to bring under authority. God said to him to exercise dominion. If you talk to, to Pastor John Heinrichs and say, John, what happens if you have a muscle that you don't exercise. Whatever you don't exercise, you lose. 
Whatever you don't exercise, you lose. Am I, am I right, Jesse? So if you don't exercise dominion, guess what you lose? So the church stopped exercising dominion. The church, oh, well, you know, we shouldn't get politically engaged. No, it's not the church's place. And, you know, I'm, pray, I'm praying for Biden. You know, I'm praying that, you know, that, you know, he, he succeeds. And like, I, I, what, what, what? Like, are you, are you stupid? He has an anti-American agenda. But these people have no discernment because they step back from exercising judgment. They step back from listening to the judge. They step back from, they don't subdue. So our job is we need to, we need to make it a living hell for those three, those three county supervisors with the, with the ultimate goal of all three of them being removed and replaced with righteous people. And let me just tell you, <clears throat> Brian Manshine and all those people that voted that a mama can kill her baby seven days after, then it's like 28 days after, then it was 30 days after, then it was like 10 months after. Like they're, 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 they're making infanticide, they're making killing humans, killing yeah. other, killing their offspring. They're trying to make that legal. Every, every poster that they put up, every um, one of those, what are they called? Yard signs that they put up. We need to have stickers printed that says, you know, vote for Brian Manshine. He voted to murder babies. He's a baby kid. We need to put that. Make them eat their, their, their words. Make them eat their. Let's break. Like. Let's. Yeah. Let's hold them accountable. Let's hold their feet to the fire. You really think that someone who says, hey, we ought to be able to slaughter our children is going to look after you? Really? They don't care about the most innocent and vulnerable among us, but somehow you think, oh, no, they're going to care about me. They don't care about you. Whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done unto me. If you are unfaithful in what is least, you're going to be unfaithful in much. Like we've got to wake up a generation. So we need to remove the wicked from power. You know, I just think that, you know, awakening church just needs to, you know, you know get, go to your corner Go back to your cave, go back to your den, go back to, and you just, you just, you know, administer communion, just preach to, you know, your congregation. Don't go, no, 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 no. Why would I let the world tell me what the church's mission is? World, I'm not asking for your permission. I'm not asking for your direction. I'm not asking for your approval because I already got it. From Jesus. Jesus said, go into all the world. Go into all the world. Every sphere, every region. The political, the education, the arts, entertainment. Go into all the world and make disciples. Teaching them to observe that. So I already got my commission. I don't need the world to give me permission. I'm commissioned by heaven. We, we are passing through the earth. Our assignment in the earth is to make it look like heaven. The devil is trying to make the earth look like hell where he's going with bringing destruction and chaos. And literally, the world is a reflection of the effectiveness of the church. I refuse to on our watch let the world look like hell while we're in San Diego. Our world will look like heaven. Our, our, our city 
will people will flourish people will prosper my god look at their marriages look at their families look at they're they're driving nice cars they're living living life on the high on the look at that the, they live in the best and they're having a best life and they're always smiling they're always happy you better believe it because we honor the lord now understand this that that sin came into the world through man sin came into the world through man sin came into the world through adam but this is where the church has missed it when I listen to their preaching, they've, they've abandoned basic theology. Evil and wickedness came through the rebellion of the angels. That's why Jesus keeps referring interchangeably to the devil as the evil one and deliver us from the evil one. The evil one. Why, why, why does Jesus call him the evil one? Because Jesus is saying, hey, let me just locate where evil came in. Now, because we have a sinful nature, we are susceptible and vulnerable to evil. But evil did not come into the world through, through man. Sin came into the world through man. But evil, a spirit that rejects and rebels and is defiant towards heaven, came in through Satan. So, so these fools have been preaching that we have compassion for the wicked. We have compassion for the sinner, but we call out wickedness. Our job, nowhere, nowhere does, is Jesus kind to Satan. Jesus cast Satan out. He kicked him to the curb everywhere he found him. He drove out. To, what are we to do with you? Have you come to torment us before? Jesus, everywhere he went, confronted and evicted, confronted and evicted. Jesus had compassion for the sinner. Neither do I condemn you. Jesus had compassion for the sinner, but he drove out wickedness. How simple is this? And yet we have a church culture that has departed. I got persecuted because I said, listen, Australia, now that you've accepted same-sex marriage, just want to remind you of human history. It lust is insatiable. If you think that they're going to be happy now that two men can get married or two women, they are not. It was never. It was about pulling down the protective layer of a biblical institution called a covenant, the covenant of marriage that protects sexuality, that protects children. But because you allowed that to be dismantled, thinking that you're so woke and, and so equality, you need to understand the next layer is they will go after your children. Already we see on the LGBTQ that they, they, they're wanting to put in the minor attraction. And they got people in universities that are paid handsome fees to do TED Talks to talk about how it's completely, it's completely enormous, completely, because this spirit has to define file when the two angels came to Sodom and G Gomorrah that the angels were going to sleep out in the out in the open courtyard and and Lot's like what are you guys doing the sun's about to set quick get in the house they're like no no we'll sleep out here just a beautiful night to sleep under the stars you can't sleep under this so he, he talks them into coming into his house no sooner they entered the house the Bible says all the men surrounded the house and the Bible says from young to old so there was 40 year olds there were 60 and 70-year-olds, and then there were teens and in their 20s. So there were three generations. There was dads, there were sons, and there were grandfathers. And they surrounded the house, and they said to Lot, bring out the men who came to you that we may have sex with them. And obviously, you know, Lot's been living there, so he's been perverted by 
the culture. And he says, my brethren, don't do such a wicked thing. See, I have two virgin daughters. I'll bring them out. But because that resembled normality, abusing women, no, no, no. This lust, this drive in us is not satiated unless we defile, unless we engage in perversion. Like, hang on. All right. Let's say that's you swing that way. Like you're all, why don't you all get together and knock yourselves out? Like if you're all, why, 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 why do you need the two men? It says all the men of the city, like if that's your, if that's your, if that's your bag, baby. Like why don't you? Because they had defiled. Listen to me. Abusers abuse. People that have been abused, unless they break that spirit, unless they break that soul tie, will go on to abuse others. And so these men, these men were not satisfied unless they defiled what was pure, defiled what was innocent. That is a wicked spirit that is in the world. So I get this text message from someone in a high authority saying you're offending the very people we're trying to reach. And I'm like, well, let's say you reach them. Like at some point, you've got to offend them with the truth. Or do you just hide the truth? And then they may be sitting on your congregation. But when Jesus splits the sky... Do you really think they're going to make it into glory if they never repented, if they never? And it'll be your fault. You never told them. Oh, oh, but lest you offend them, you lied to them, had them deceived, deluded, believing they were going to heaven. But when Jesus splits the sky, no wickedness is going into heaven. And they're going to perish and they're going to look at you and you lied. So how many people know that God is om omnipresent? God, God is everywhere. How many people know that Satan isn't? Satan isn't omnipresent. So you know what Satan does? He understands that he can't, he can't, like God says, you know, lo, I'm with you always. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Satan recognizes he can't be with. So he's got to concentrate for effectiveness. He's got to concentrate his presence to occupy seats of authority and places of power. How the church does not see that he wants to occupy the White House. He wants to occupy the Supreme Court. He wants to corrupt the DOJ, the FBI, the CIA. He, he, Satan knows the only way he can bring mass devastation and destruction because he's not omnipresent like God. He has to concentrate his power to, to thrones and dominions, to principalities. and he has to, he has to occupy teachers' school boards. He has to get into those places. He's got to overtake the media. He's got to overtake because he's got to concentrate his power and this will happen while the church sits back so what we need to do is we need to rise up and call out take authority over let me tell you we have authority over we need to we need to bind those things we need to pull them down we need to make it difficult we need to pray 
against wickedness and against their agenda. We need to pray that they get torn down, pulled down, and then we need to replace it because Proverbs 29 verse 2 says that when the wicked are in authority, the people groan, but when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Somebody say amen. And then the last one, the last one, and can you put the last one up? I can't remember what that one is either. (laughs) Courage and warfare are the casualties of idolatry. Watch this. In, in, go, go, to, go to Judges 5, 8 to, to 9. Have a look what it says. Judges 5, 8 to 9. This is in the Son of Deborah. It says, when Israel chose new gods, war erupted at the city gates. Yet not a shield or spear could be seen among 40,000 warriors in Israel. My heart is with the commanders of Israel. Those who volunteered for war, praise the Lord. So, so when they chose new gods, when they, when they went CRT, BLM, woke, woke Jesus, LGBTQ, same sex, you know, we're all feminists. When, when they went that way, you know what stopped? Warfare. There wasn't a shield or a spear among 40,000 warriors. The casualty, the casualty when people depart from the Lord is warfare and courage. So awaken we, 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 don't, we don't listen to what the world is saying. Our job is to listen to what God is saying. God loved, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. God loves the world, but we understand He loves them enough not to hide the truth, but to present the truth to them. And so our job is to, to make sure that the new gods, the gods of the age, the, the age, the gods of the land are not the gods. Of, that, that there's, there's not a synonymity between the, the culture and the values of the world and, and what's in our house. We honor the Lord. As for me and my house, we will worship the Lord. We put God first. We honor God and we will preach God. We will proclaim God. We will worship God. When they tell us you can't sing in church, we say you can blow it out your shorts. We're going to sing because you're not shutting down worship because last time. I check the one that sits on the throne demands worship. He deserves worship. We're going to give worship. You ain't silencing our worship. You ain't silencing our praise. Well, you can't gather together. Guess what? You can blow it out your shorts because Jesus said that where two or more are gathered, there I am in the midst of the apostle. Paul says, you know, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as is the custom of some. So guess what? Mr. County Supervisor, Mr. Governor, we, we are not, at the end of the day, you have to decide, do we choose to serve you or do we choose to serve God? And as for me and my house, we will serve God. Come on, stand to your feet and give God a praise. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.